When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I recently covered the case on the missing Bradley sisters in case episode 15, titled The Disappearance of Diamond and Tianda Bradley, a two-decade-long summer to remember. Then George showed up. If you have not read, watched, or listened to that case analysis here on Medium, YouTube, or on our podcast, The Missing Found, I recommend you refer to the case on either platform to read or listen to it in full to understand my direction and ideology with this update. If you read or listened to my case analysis on the girls, you would know that I've covered an extensive amount of detail surrounding their disappearance. But there was something missing. After covering their case and publishing it, I still felt something tugging at me. Now, I know what that tug was. Like with every case, there is always more to the story. Even the most intricate details can cause so much transformation and realization on the possibilities. With a case so convoluted as theirs, I had many questions. I want answers for the girls, who are now women, because it has been a little over two decades now. This is the Missing Found Podcast. I'm your host, Jaden Harlow. Before we get into the case, I have a few details to share about the show. The Missing Found is a true crime podcast focusing mainly on unsolved missing person cases in the Black community. The cases that I cover have either gone cold, have little to no media coverage, or have gone without conclusion. You can follow the show on Instagram at The Missing Found or on Medium at The Missing Found to read our original script. I also would like to mention that we have a case suggestion form in the show notes or description box that you can complete to submit your case suggestions that are of the Black and Missing. We have a Patreon that's now available for you to become a member in our private community to discuss cases deeper beyond our case analyses through live discussions, ad-free episodes, gain complimentary access to our original script, early releases, and bonus content, and much more that's exclusive for members only. The show is now available on all major podcast platforms, including Apple, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. To access all things of The Missing Found, you can visit our website, themissingfound.com. I ask that you please like, share, and subscribe and comment to share your thoughts on this case. 
This is part two of case episode 15, the disappearance of the Bradley sisters, Diamond and Tianda, examining the forgotten element that no one talks about. I was contacted by a subscriber on YouTube, and I can't thank her enough for bringing this to my attention. She did more of a service for me than she would know. She had no idea that her comment would ignite a case update. This case update is more so to fill in the holes that we were left with in episode 15 and to further elaborate on a few elements in the case. I want to first revisit the possible timeline that I created in the initial analysis on the girls. The timeline. July 5th, 2001. Sometime during the evening, Victoria and Rita were both dropped off at Robert Taylor's home's apartment complex to stay the night with their grandmother, Tracy's mother. At 7.10 p.m., the game start time. Tracy had two friends over to watch the baseball game. It was the Chicago Cubs against the New York Mets. They were all drinking this night. Diamond and Tianda were present. It's not clear when the friends arrived, but they stayed for the duration of the game, which lasted three hours and ten minutes. At 10 p.m., the two friends leave. Later, after the friends left, a male neighbor came over, but according to Chicago Sun-Times, he never came further than the front area of the apartment unit. He claimed to have not seen the girls. This does not mean the girls weren't there, just out of sight while he was there. July 6, 2001, the day the girls go missing. Between 3 and 4.30 a.m., George W., Tracy's boyfriend and Diamond's father, arrived to the apartment where Tracy and her four daughters lived, Lake Grove Village Apartments. Diamond, Tianda, and Tracy were present. At 6.15 a.m., George spent the night at the Bradley residence. Then two hours later, he took Tracy to work at Robert Taylor Homes. Her shift started at or around 6.30 a.m. Between 7 and 8 a.m., Tracy called home a few times, assumingly to check on the girls while she was at work. She was concerned but assumed they were asleep because there was no answer. At 8.17 a.m., an outgoing call was made from Tracy's home to her cell phone. It was discovered that this was Tionda calling. This call went unanswered. She left a voicemail to say, quote, Ma, George is at the door. End quote. This element was found out on July 7th, the next day. At 11 a.m., it is not clear exactly the time George arrived to pick Tracy up from work. Both Tracy and George arrived to her home at around 11 a.m. or 11.30 a.m. to return to an utter silence. The girls were nowhere in sight. This is when the note was found on the back of the sofa next to a pile of clothes. At 12.21 p.m., Tracy went to Joel Osco to purchase food after borrowing $20 from a neighbor. There is a receipt to support this timestamp for the grocery store visit. Between 12.30 and 6 p.m., Tracy, her family, and the community went searching for the girls by conducting their own ground search. At 6 p.m., police were finally called. A heavy search ensued. Tracy and George were both brought in for separate questioning for 22 hours. Family members and others were also brought in for questioning. That's our timeline. Now, I want to fill in the gaps. I discovered Tianda actually left home with Diamond that morning, 
and attempted to sneak Diamond into school, Doolittle Elementary, the school where she attended summer classes. Now let's analyze this further. The morning of Friday, July 6th. I want to first briefly discuss the type of day it was on July 6th to give you an idea of the setting and perspective of the weather that morning. The sun began to rise at 5.22 a.m. on Friday, July 6, 2001. The weather reached a high of 78 degrees, and from my understanding, it was a clear day. At the time Tracy and George left home, it was around 56 to 60 degrees outside. The time Diamond and Tianda left home, it had to be around 64 degrees. The walk from home to Doolittle Elementary was only two blocks away, which was estimated as a five-minute walk from their community at Lake Grove Village Apartments to school. The girls would have had to walk down the street on South Cottage Grove Avenue, then make a left at an intersection to place the girls on East 35th Street. Then a few feet away would be Tianda's school. Tianda was due to attend summer class at Doolittle Elementary on the morning of Friday, July 6th, the same morning the girls were left in their apartment while their mother, Tracy, went to work and driven there by George, Diamond's father and Tracy's boyfriend. There is some time that is unaccounted for. With that timeline, the missing piece that I would consider forgotten is the fact that Tianda actually left home that morning with Diamond, walked to her school playground at Doolittle Elementary, played on the playground with the other children, then tried to sneak Diamond into the school with her, but the assistant principal ended up turning Diamond and Tianda away because she was not allowed to take her baby sister into the school with her. As a result of this, the assistant principal did nothing. No disciplinary action, nor a call to Tracy or any family member. The south side of Chicago was not a safe place for two children to be walking alone. Just in that area, there were several registered sex offenders. In fact, one was an acquaintance to Tracy, according to Shalia Bradley on her interview with Law and Crime. Unfortunately, the girls lived around a lot of folks uh, that were sexual offenders. Let me say, everybody's a suspect in my eyes. Everybody. But there was a sex offender that was actually in the presence of Tian and Diamond that was an acquaintance to their mom. And I recognized him from the sex offender registry in, in Illinois. We actually interviewed that individual. Turns out that he was, you know, nowhere around at that time. It is not known who this person was, but they were formally interviewed, found out to not be in the vicinity when this took place, and cleared of involvement. The missed calls. If you remember from part one, you would know that Tracy did attempt to call home to check on the girls as she usually did when they were home alone. It's not clear how many times a call was made home, but from my understanding, it was two calls she made from her cell phone or either her work phone to home. As we know, those calls went unanswered. This possibly was the time the girls were at the school, walking to the school, or walking back from the school. After learning of this new case detail, it lets me know that Tianda was not supposed to walk out of that apartment to attend summer class that day. I can assume this is because Tracy called home to check on the girls, and they were supposed to answer the phone, one can assume. Additionally, how could Tianda attend summer school when she was babysitting three-year-old Diamond? There would have had to be someone there to watch her. 
This is why I don't believe there were plans for Tiana to go to school at all on Friday. I'm unsure why or what made Tiana go to school and try to sneak her sister in with her. We have to remember, Tiana was 10. A 10-year-old will push the bar in every way. We've all been that age. Your parents can tell you one thing, but if you're feeling adventurous, you may just commit to your plans. Decision-making is not strong at that age. If she was supposed to attend school, then Diamond would have had to be over at Robert Taylor Holmes with her other sisters. It's still not clear why the sisters were separated. I'm unsure of what the arrangement was. I also want to mention something. There seems to be some confusion on the girls' ages and their siblings. Tianda is not one of the younger siblings. In fact, she is the second oldest out of her siblings. Rita was the oldest sister at age 12, then Tianda, age 10, Victoria, age 9 turning 10, and then Diamond, age 3. This was mentioned in part 1. Rita and Victoria were at their grandmother's apartment where Tracy worked, while Tianda, the second oldest sister, was watching the baby of the siblings, Diamond, at their home around 10 minutes from the grandmother's apartment community in Robert Taylor Homes. The 18-year-old tip that was 18 years too late. Shalia Bradley Smith, the girls' great-aunt, received a Facebook message from three women in 2019 who were said to be on the playground at the time Diamond and Tianda were there back in July 2001. They recall seeing Tianda walk up to a white man in a trench coat and glasses. This may be familiar to you because I'd mentioned it in the initial analysis. In my analysis, I thought it was odd that a man dressed in a trench coat would be hanging out near a school. Not only that, but a trench coat in July is strange. It not only makes one stand out, but if this person wanted to kidnap a child, it would be a poor choice of wardrobe in the July heat, as they would stand out and look suspicious. But then we have to remember that when the girls did leave out of their home, it was around 64 degrees. So this case element may be true. It may have some validity to it. This tip did not produce any leads because a significant amount of time has passed with nothing to follow up on. The note. The note is a significant part of this mystery, coupled with the voicemail. It's not significant due to Tianda writing the note. It has been proven that Tianda did write the note, but what is significant is who coached her on what to write. Tianda made an outgoing call to Tracy at around 8.17 a.m. Typically, timestamps are given in whole timestamps like 12 o'clock, 1.30 versus 12.03 or 1.32. 8.17 is a definite time that appears to have been confirmed. This timestamp is interesting, and I will explain why shortly. Knowing the girls left home, in my opinion, changes the trajectory of what could have happened. It's not like the girls were home in their apartment for all of the morning and someone just walked up to their door. But this means that someone could have possibly followed them home and most likely knew the girls and the family. There were several events that took place maybe an hour after Tracy and George left. Soon after they left, the girls left and started their trek to Doolittle Elementary. It appears that they made it back home. It also could mean that the time Tracy called is the time the girls were out walking or at the school, which is why there was no answer. Tianda leaving home to go to school with Diamond is odd, 
but it could have just been her pushing the bar. In fact, I don't think there is anything else more to it than that. Kids get into stuff. We know that. She tried to sneak her sister in with her. It could have just been a thrill and nothing more to it. Sure, it was a bad choice, but it was also a bad choice for the assistant principal to not pick up on something being off, with the child trying to sneak her small sibling into school with her, then to turn them away to go back to wherever they came from. There also was no notice to say Tianda would be out of school on Friday, July 6. When you look back on the note, it said they would be going to the park, assumingly at school, and grocery store. Then, when you consider the voicemail message left on Tracy's phone, you look at the name, George, that Tianda said on the message. The problem is, we don't know which George she was referring to, or if that person's name was even George. I'm unsure if this was normal behavior for Tianda to go outside walking with Diamond, and if this ever happened previously. Looking at the facts, we can't be for sure that Tianda wrote that note herself without anyone coaching her or if someone did coach her. Again, this is just me looking at the facts. If she called Tracy and she didn't pick up, which was the case, then I would think that it would not be completely left for her to leave a note in case her mom returned and they weren't there. I know the sentence structure and grammar is a telltale sign that she had assistance with the note, but she was in school to enhance that very thing. Tianda wrote the note herself but we don't know if someone told her what and how to write it or if she constructed the note herself. If it's the former, then who was that person? Was it George? And when I say George, I'm not sure who George is because we don't know if it was someone named George or someone posing as a George under a false name. The bell schedule. I looked at the bell schedule for Doolittle Elementary. School starts at 8.30 a.m with an early drop-off time at 8.15 a.m. Now, I can't say that the start time was different in 2001, or if it was the same as it is today, 22 years later. If it was 8.30 a.m. back then, the girls most likely arrived to the school several minutes earlier to allow time to play on the school playground, then enough time to enter into the school, only to be turned around. Remember, The outgoing call from Tracy's home and the voicemail was made at 8.17 a.m., according to reports. The walk from home to school is around five minutes. This, in my opinion, is still not enough time for the girls to leave out of their community, walk the two blocks to Doolittle, then play on the playground, walk into school a few minutes before 8.30 a.m., then make it to class before the bell rings at 8.30 a.m. As we know, Tianda did not make it as far as she was caught with Diamond at the entrance of the school. I just can't make much sense of this. I'm at a standstill. Did the girls leave, go to school, then go back home and then something happened there? Or did the girls leave, go to school, and never return because something happened in the streets? We really don't know the events after they left school and are only estimated. I'm sure law enforcement has been able to pinpoint whether they made it back home based on the outgoing call to Tracy and the voicemail, or if it was left prior to them leaving. We can only assume that they did return home. We also don't know the time Tianda and Diamond arrived to Doolittle and the timestamp of them being turned away by the assistant principal. Law enforcement most likely has these intricate details. 
What we do know is that someone came to their door, according to Tianda's voicemail message. Just like with part one, I still have questions. The blame game. I've seen the comments. Many people are blaming Tracy for negligence, which has caused her to pull back from media presence due to the constant scrutiny. It was a mistake leaving the girls home alone. We all know that. With learning of this case element, it left a wide window of opportunity for something to happen because the girls ended up leaving out the door at some point during the morning. As I stated in part one, this is the most perfectly executed crime that I've seen. I say that because we don't have much to go on. It's just convoluted. There's holes in the case. Based on what I've read, the timeline is only estimated which left me to develop a possible timeline into what may have happened, which then transitioned because of this new element that I'm learning about. The girls were there one minute, then gone the next. The time in between is a mystery. Blaming Tracy does not find the girls. I'm sure she has regrets, but what can we do is move forward and continue to search for the girls. Though it was a mistake, it does not authorize someone to take children. It may not authorize them to, but they will do it if the opportunity presents itself. With all of the movement in the morning, I know someone had to have seen the girls. A 10 and 3 year old walking is not hard to miss. There may have been several children walking to school that morning, but a child walking with a 3 year old child without any parent is odd. But it may not have been in their community. There were hundreds of tips that came in, none which led to nowhere. Somewhere in between those tips, there has to be something. Whatever happened, someone named George came to the door at some time during the morning. Based on what has been presented and trying to piece things together, if this unknown person arrived to their apartment before they went to school, they would have never made it to school because why would the abductor pick up the girls, take them to school, then make them go missing. It was already odd with Tianda trying to sneak Diamond into school, so my guess is the incident had to take place somewhere on the walk back home or after they arrived home. This person has some bad intentions. We know this. I can only assume that this occurred after school and they had to know they were home alone. They had to know their other sisters were elsewhere. They had to have known the girls, or Tianda at most to gain her trust, or already had her trust. I can't even be for certain if the girls even opened the door or if this person had a key and let themselves in. Whoever took both girls, where are they today and for what reason? I still stand with whoever did this had some connection and insight on that morning. I will let you figure that part out. At the time of Diamond's disappearance, she was three years old, stood at three feet and weighed 40 pounds. Diamond is a female, African-American, has brown eyes and has black hair. Diamond has a medium complexion and wore her hair in braided ponytails with purple ponytail holders. She has a scar on the left side of her scalp and deep set eyes. Diamond would be 26 years old in 2023. At the time of Tianda's disappearance, She was 10 years old, stood at 4'2", and weighed 70 pounds. 
Tianda is a female, African-American, has brown eyes and brown hair. She had a burn scar on her left forearm about the size of a quarter. Tianda was last seen wearing green ponytail holders in her hair and had a scrape on her left calf. Tianda will be 32 years old in 2023. If you have any information or leads in the disappearance of Diamond or Tianda Bradley, their current whereabouts, or any information concerning both sisters, it should be directed to your local FBI office. And I've included the link below in the show notes or description box. You can also contact the Chicago Police Department at 312-745-4290. There is currently an $80,000 reward for information in the case of the missing Bradley sisters. Every year on July 6th, in the Chicago area, the family of Diamond and Tianda hold an annual vigil in their honor. I once again want to thank you for your viewership of Diamond and Tianda's case. I wanted to make this update to include this forgotten element because it offers some perspective and understanding on the events that took place that morning. It is completely unique from what has been put out in media. It's just not talked about. It adds another layer of mystery. It also offers a better timeline, which is only estimated. Their family is still awaiting answers. We know people just don't vanish. Someone has the answers to this over two-decade-long case. The perfect crime at the right time. An open opportunity. And that one holds the answers. Hopefully, we don't have to go another decade without knowing. I believe there is more to this story. There always is. I also don't believe this is the full story. There is, in fact, a few pieces missing. As always, please be safe, be vigilant, and always be aware of your surroundings. May God bless and keep you all. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false god. Psalm 24, verse 3 through 4. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.